Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Pasha. My name is Nando Begum Jali. Thank you for joining us. Nairobi and Kenya more generally don't offer easy transport experiences. The roads are bad, congested, and poorly maintained. To try and ease the pressure on the road network, the Kenyan government invested in a new standard gauge railway between Nairobi and Mombasa, East Africa's largest port. Construction started in 2013 and was completed in 2017, with an extension in 2019. The line is meant for passengers as well as cargo transportation. Has the new state-of-the-art railway line made a difference to people's transport experience? We asked our colleagues Kagure Gacheche and Julius Maina in Nairobi to tell us. The standard gauge railway in Kenya has brought the beach much closer to me. It takes about five hours to cover the trip from the capital city of Nairobi to the coastal city of Mombasa. The views along this route are pretty epic. It also feels much safer to cover the distance by rail than by road, a trip that generally takes eight hours. One of the big, big, big attractions of the standard gauge railway between the capital Nairobi and the second city, Mombasa, is just passenger travel between the two cities. In the past, travel is a huge pain in the neck. Traveling by road especially, it's a long journey, queuing behind trucks, rough patches of road. If you're driving and you haven't been there for a long time, you have to be very, very cautious you know, because you don't know you don't know where you're likely to encounter rough patches. And so that for many, many Kenyan passengers has been a relief, just the journey between the two cities. The standard gauge railway is an example of what is called a development corridor. Development corridors are areas that have been prioritized for investments with the aim of boosting economic growth as well as delivering social benefits. The Kenyan rail developments is a case in point. Its aims were to make it easier to get exports to the ports in Mombasa, to ease the congestion on roads by encouraging businesses to move their goods on rail, and individuals to take the train rather than drive. It was also designed to speed up the delivery of goods to the port of Mombasa for exports. There are many examples of development corridors like this that are being worked on across the continent. Our guest today is Jessica Thorne at the Department of Environment and Geography at the University of York in the UK. She explains the standard gauge railway in more detail. The railway was built to replace the freight railway built by the British under colonial rule. And historically, this precursor resulted in significant changes in the, in the country, including the development of the capital, Nairobi, which was initially a construction camp and terminus for the railway. And it really promoted a lot of inward migration of of, of labour from abroad. So currently the standard gauge railway is being built in different sections from Mombasa to Nairobi with 30 yards or terminals and from Nairobi to Naivasha um, including bridges and tunnels and Naivasha to Kisumu as well as ultimately Kisumu to Malaba and construction began in 2014 um, and it was the first phase was opened in 2017. So this is a really good example of a development corridor because it's aiming to link landlocked Uganda uh, potentially to uh, Rwanda, Burundi, South Sudan, with the Indian Ocean trade routes to the east. And it's really been promoted as a significant access of development for Kenya and the wider East African region. It, re it represents Kenya's large drive to accelerate mega development, not only in infrastructure, but also in mining, oil, gas, energy, and commercial agriculture. And it holds the promise to improve regional connectivity, efficiencies in transport, alleviate congestion, and is importantly a symbol of Kenya's ambitions to create a prosperous and productive economy under its own stewardship. 
So it falls under this, this the blueprint vision 2032, and I quote, deploy world-class infrastructure facilities and services for a globally competitive Kenya, making firms more competitive, providing economic incentives for the public sector, improving attractiveness to foreign investors. And it really is widely supported as a hallmark of Kenya's expansion and interconnectedness strategy. Do we know of any other examples that are similar? Absolutely. There is a, a number of development corridors across the continent. For example, the Walfus Bay Development Corridor in Namibia. There's the Northern Corridor in Tanzania. There is a number of corridors uh, that traverse the entire continent through the Trans-African Highway System. At a smaller scale, some cross maybe multiple countries and can and often comprise of multiple different agencies cooperating in conjunction through one kind of umbrella body. Can you sum up why they're good? Well, development corridors bring together a number of different actors, from governments to private sector players, uh, to NGOs to civil society, and it provides a platform for people to discuss their priorities in a particular landscape um, and in, in terms of what they would like for their communities, what they would like for their ecosystem, um, what they would like in the future and how that the investment of certain types of infrastructure could contribute to their own well-being. So for example, if we would like better access to mobility to be able to access jobs or we would like to have cheaper um, food and commodities uh, to have a better lifestyle, Development corridors can really help enhance access to those resources. They can access areas which are traditionally quite isolated from urban centers. It can help smallholder farmers improve. There's the potential to improve access to, to markets so that they don't lose crops when they're trying to distribute them to their clients. It can also help governments in terms of trying to manage a lot of different stakeholders' interests in one particular area by providing a platform for, for negotiation, for communication, for ensuring that different people's needs are met in a particular context. These massive projects aren't all positive. Some have had real negative impacts. This was episode one of a three-part series talking about development corridors. Part two looks into the problems they come with, and part three will explore how to make them work for everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozeyar Patel and Caroline Saudi. For me, Nandobegom Jali, it's bye for now. <laughs>